Um, let's put a really famous verse on the screen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So another new year. Big year for everybody, for us. Big year um, to see what God will do. 2020, it's 2020 everybody. Man alive. Do you remember the 70s? And the 80s? A different world, wasn't it? It was an absolutely different world. The one we're in now. A lot more simple. Um, You may arrive at this dawn of a new year. Uh, How you arrive at it is very dependent on where you are uh, and how you kind of feel. So many of you a new year with lots of hope and excitement, uh, with wonder, as you see it as a new chapter, new possibilities, um, opportunities for new things, new growths. Begging your pardon. Um, others may approach it in a different view with a bit of fear and trepidation because, you know, you don't quite know what's going to happen. You look back. It's so easy to look back to look forward, don't we? We look at what's been and then we project that uh, forwards and we can feel anxious about what the new year will bring. 2019, as Diane mentioned, was a challenge. Would Would we agree that's fair? 2019 was a challenge. Uh, and he actually backed up against um, previous tough years, I think, uh, that we've had uh, as a church and, uh, and maybe as individuals. And uh, certainly last year didn't, you know, many aspects of it were not particularly enjoyable. But we know that with God, nothing is wasted, right? And that's why the power of C.S. Lewis and his wisdom, very clever man, very intellectual man, but he found his centre in God, in Jesus. And those hardships that we've been through will become the springboard, will become the springboard for great things if we let them. So nothing is wasted. You know, I was just thinking about this um, this morning as I was praying. Um, There are whole swathes of Christianity. I'm not judging at all here. I'm just saying it's a fact. Um, maybe don't go after some of the things that we go after um, in terms of seeing the power of God. And, you know, bad things happen in this world, don't they? Bad things happen. And it's a lot simpler to come up with a theology or a way of thinking that just says, well, it just happens and we can't do anything about it. It's, it's kind of a lot easier to do that and to focus on on maybe character building, you know, focus on the, the um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's actually, it's very important. We've probably got more of a danger of focusing too, too far on the external things when it's how we become like Jesus, I think is the most important thing because that's what will carry us through into eternity. Um, but I sometimes have felt over the last year or two, maybe you have as well, you know, why don't we just settle for, a certain level of something and uh and it would save ourselves a lot of pain if we just accept things that happen and life is bad and it'll be good when we get there that's an easy theology isn't it life is bad but it'll be all okay when we get to heaven and of course in that there is truth right we know we know that in this world we will have troubles in this world there will be there will be cause for grief 
there will be cause for suffering and there will be lamentation. The scripture, Old and New Testament, tells us that. Because we, and, and I think it's really important that we have a, a, a right understanding of the kingdom of God. I do think that's important. The fact that, that we're in between, this place in between, where the kingdom has been revealed, it is being revealed, and it will be revealed. That sounds like it's contradictory, but, but when Jesus came, he came with all of the kingdom. And because in Jesus, he was, he was, there was nothing in the way of the power of God flowing out of him. His motives are always right. His, he was always pure. He, he, he never had any infringement. You know me, me I, I do things for selfish motivations or whatever. And because of that, wherever Jesus went, when he heard God say to do something, it didn't, and it worked. You notice that? He was quite clever, wasn't he, really? He heard God speak, he did it, and it worked. I think I hear God speak, I try it, it doesn't always work. There's a difference. But he brought the kingdom, and when, then when he died on the cross, he defeated the kingdoms of this world, and he inaugurated a new kingdom that we are coming into, Right? But still we live in that tension where we, we're going after things that are impossible. But we, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And what do we do when it doesn't work out? A time is coming when the kingdom will be fully revealed. I think it's interesting that we, we quote, don't we? Really, we love it. Isaiah 53. Surely he bore our griefs and took up our sorrows. It's, that's right, isn't it? For, for us as Christians, he bore his, our griefs and sorrow in his body. And we think, does that mean we never have grief and sorrow anymore? I grieved. Have you grieved last year? Of course we do. But then interestingly, it says in Revelation 20-something, 21, when Jesus returns, he says, then there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more tears. There will be no more grief. Well, hang about, in Isaiah 53, when Jesus died, it says there'll be no more suffering. But then we go through all of this time and we get to the very end when Jesus comes back and he says, now there'll be no more suffering. Why? Because all of the kingdom, kingdom of this world is defeated. All of the kingdom is revealed and we'll live in that. Right now we live in the tension between two kingdoms. The kingdom of God, which we want to see increasingly come. And the kingdom of this world, which acts as an anchor and a weight upon us. And that's why Jesus said to us, we did this last year, pray, your kingdom come. Whenever we prayed for those this morning, we're praying for those who are sick. We're praying, we want to see your kingdom come. Now, for some reasons, as many, it doesn't always happen as we want it to happen. We know that. But that doesn't mean we're not going to go after that. And you know what? It's not the easy route. We're going to keep going after the power of God. I am more and more convinced that the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be a gospel of power. I am more and more convinced. I spent a bit of time listening to, I, I love listening to people talk. I love words. And spent some time, you know, you, there's so many different ideas of God. So many different philosophies. And, and, and God can become a fi philosoph philosophical um, uh, entity to be discussed. That you shape him to whatever shape you want him to be. Or it becomes this commodity that you discuss around and you decide. But all of those discussions, all of those philosophical thinkings become different when the power of God intervenes. Because it's outside of our scope to understand. And we are going to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. 
and we're not always going to see it happen as we want it to happen. And last year, I think we would all agree, we didn't see things happen as we wanted them to happen. And we can't always explain that. We can't always understand that. But we ended 2019, if you were here, the last service 2019, we ended believing for the miraculous power of God. And this morning, just singing there, determined we're going to go after the miraculous power of God. Miracles aren't the centre, right? It's not all about miracles. Miracles are signs that point to Jesus. That's why Jane and Victor were miracles, even as they're in their dying, because they pointed to Jesus. Right? Signs point to Jesus. It's not about the signs. But we want a gospel, we want an environment that points to Jesus. And that happens through the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's in miracles or whatever, or prophecy or character, it points to Jesus. And as I was praying over the, just spending time, uh, a small amount of time, so I rested and down tools quite a lot. Um, this verse came just in my readings, and I know it so well, and I was just thinking about, about last year and thinking about this year. And um, I think we need to take this on board as we go into 2020. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is our heart? Our heart is the centre of who we are. It is the things that we feel. Part of it is the way we feel. And sometimes that comes expressed as joy. Sometimes it's worry. Sometimes it's elation or fear. Sometimes it's contentment. Sometimes anxiety but these the heart the very core of who we are it's a, it's a heart that engages with God it's our heart that we give to other people who we trust to have a relationship with and our heart can be feel so many different ways at different times and we may have ended 2019 with your heart feeling broken with your heart feeling damaged with your heart feeling, you know, what has just gone on? What have we just experienced? And when I say we, I speak of me, just so you're being clear. Because you might not be this way, but this is how I felt. What is, you know, my, your heart? And, and, and what do I do with those emotions? Do you know that emotions are a gift from God? Yeah? Emotions are a gift from God. God gave us emotions because he wants us to enjoy life. Imagine if you went on a holiday and you had no emotions. Well, there's a nice mountain. Oh. He gave us that. When you see your kids running along a cliff edge, what do you feel? Fear. Fear is not a bad thing per se. It helps us to keep safe boundaries. But like any of these, any of our flesh, any of the, our internals, when they're, not, when they're not sanctified before God, they become dangerous and our heart can either lead us to God or lead us away from God. And we have to learn to trust God with all our hearts. That even though I don't feel, I don't feel, this doesn't feel right to me. And going through what we experienced last year, first of all with, with the UK family and then us together with Jane and her family, didn't feel right, did it? Is it just me? didn't feel right 
But what am I going to do with those feelings? What are we going to do as we look into 2020? What are we going to do with those feelings? We can either use them, we can get on them and ride them off to the sunset or to the wilderness and say, I don't know who God is anymore. I don't understand how I feel. Or we can package them up into worship and give them to God and say, God, I don't understand how I feel, but this I know, I trust you. I trust you. Why do I trust him? Because he's a good God. He's a faithful God. He knows things that I don't know. Why would I trust my own heart when all I see is what I see now and behind me? I can't see the future. I can't see the gaps in between what I've seen. You see what I mean? Do you understand what I mean? I trust a God who sees and fills all the gaps. And I don't have anywhere else to go. I either take my feelings and ride them to oblivion or I take my feelings and I go into the sanctuary. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's 2020, I wholeheartedly trust you, God. There's challenges, there's difficulties, but I wholeheartedly trust in you because I believe you're a good father. There's things I don't understand, and I'm, I know I'm talking church-wise, things I've been through, but you personally, you personally may be going through things right now that you just don't understand and you're struggling with how you feel. You know what the greatest things when we come together on a Sunday morning is when we hear the first chord struck up. What are we going to do with our feelings? Are we going to just sit in them or are we going to package them up and turn them into worship? God, I give you this. I give it to you. The, the writer here, Solomon, whoever you think it was, is giving us a... a a route is given as a, a plan to make our path succeed. Number one, we can trust God with all our heart. The other thing we have to do is not lean on our own understanding. How many of you have spent a lot of time thinking in the last year? Thinking the way things have worked. And our thought life is so central to our faith. What do we think? And too often in my life, probably too often in your life, you've thought the thoughts that you alone have owned and not the thoughts that God has spoken over your life. You've given yourself labels. Who's ever done that? You've given yourself a label. I can't do this because I'm this. I can't do this because I'm that. You give yourself a label. And I'm not saying that everybody can or should do everything. Right? You know, don't, I'm, I'm, there's certain things I wouldn't try and do unless God told me. But, it's, but we label ourselves with these things. I failed then, so I'm going to fail again. You know, I got that wrong, so I get that wrong again. This is what I think about myself, so surely everybody else thinks that about me as well. Who's done that? You project your own thoughts and you lean. When you lean on something, you're leaning on what something, you, why do you lean on something? Because you think it's going to support you? And if you lean on your own understanding, guess what's going to happen? It's not solid. It's going to break. It's going to let you down. So in our, in our feelings, in our heart, and in our thought life, we have to learn to say, God, I want to think the things that you're thinking. And I don't understand what I've seen, and I can, I can start to doubt you, or doubt my faith, or, or, or doubt that I'm on the right track, or whatever. But we can't lean on those things that are birthed inside us. We have to lean on what the Word of God says about me, 
I have to lean on what the Word of God says about my future. I have to lean on what the Word of God says about eternity. I have to lean on what the Word of God says about his church and the victory that we stand in. Victory is not about getting everything you want. Do we understand that? Victory is not about, okay, look, we're doing good because everything we wanted, everything we prayed for, we got. That must mean we're in victory. You know what? If you get everything you want, you probably end up being a bit spoiled. Victory is this, that even though my heart is hurting, I'm trusting. Even though things haven't worked out as I thought they should have worked out, I'm not depending on myself. In this, I'm continuing to be faithful to who God is. I'm continuing to worship. I'm continuing to trust. I'm continuing to believe. That's why um, Hebrews 11 is such a powerful chapter. Those who live by faith. But those who didn't see the victory, they still live, or as we would define victory, they still live by faith. And that is what won them the crown. Not the fact that they got all their prayers answered. We have to walk in 2020 in victory. How do we do that? It's through trusting in the Lord with all our hearts. It's by leaning not on our own understanding. And thirdly, and I believe this is important for us in the first few months of 2020. In everything we acknowledge him. We put him in the centre. And Richard's word is important in this because we so easily let other things crowd in. We so easily let other things crowd in and take the centre ground. We so often let other things crowd in, and I do this, take the centre ground. In all your ways acknowledge him. In our, the feelings that we have, in our minds being scrambled, what are we going to do? I think it's really important that at the start of 2020, we say, God, we're acknowledging you. We need you to take us forward. I can't trust my own heart. I can't trust my own understanding. We need you to move us forward. You know, the last three or four years, I just, I just, I've always tried to be vulnerable and real with you guys. I would say the last three to four years have been the toughest years, maybe of my life. I would say. I think from, from whatever happened with, uh, with Pierce House through the last few years, it's been, it's been quite tough. Am I okay to acknowledge that before you? Would you agree it's been a bit of a, bit of a battle? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I personally, I know you have as well, battle with our collective losses, as it were. And, you know, while trying to battle my own inner struggles as well as carry uh, the church, has been a, it's been a... A challenge, but it's been a privilege as well. Um, and Richard said, we can get tired. And I felt tired. I felt weary. And um, I felt, you know, we want things to change. We really want things to change. We know that because Victor and Jane were more than colleagues or church members, were they? And the last three months of last year especially... Um, my heart and probably your heart was consumed with, uh, with that situation. And I was determined as, um, as the end of last year that it wouldn't consume everything. Uh, but I have to be honest, I think it did. 
I think it consumed uh, me. Not, not that it beat me down so, so much, but it just consumed my mind. And, uh, and in the build-up to Jane's service, it, was, um, it kind of kept me focused. Didn't it? You know, you focus towards something and, uh, and you, you keep going on it. And taking that service was uh, one of the most privileged and yet at the same time hardest things I've ever done in ministry. And when it finished, I kind of put my tools down. You ever done that? And I'm privileged to be able to do that, I guess. You know, I just, I just said, I'm, I'm done for a bit now. And um, from that Sunday onwards, really, after the, after the, ser- the service here anyway. Uh, and over Christmas and New Year, I kind of shut my mind off to everything church-related. Not God-related, if you, if you, I need to stay close to God, but church. Uh, I had to try and process my own grief, my own pain, and take steps to address where I was and where we are and where I was going as an individual. And I think our normal planning routines, the last quarter of the year would be Jane and I um, spending time with maybe Rich and Lear and Johnson and Sidgy or something, and just planning the next year. Um, so I arrived at New Year this year with no massive plan uh, to what we were going to be doing, what we were going to be. And, and if that upsets you or shocks you, then I'm, I'm kind of sorry, but um, that's where I was. And, um, and that's why this verse really spoke to me, that our greatest need right now is for God's presence. Our greatest need right now is to acknowledge him, to come before him, to ask him. And if you've got questions about the last few years, to ask him. Ask God. He's a good father, isn't he? He's a good father. And there may be things that we need to know. There may be things he wants to tell us. There may be things that we need to do, to, uh, to do that we need to listen to him. We're not, we're not listening to God to be judged or condemned. But we want to hear from him, don't we? We want to hear from him. But for me, not so much about the past, but more about the future. God, we want you to come and speak to us. We want you to come and show us again. Oh, no, not again. He always shows us his love. We want him to come and just be back in his presence and receive a sense of him building, him rebuilding. We need to ask for his help, ask for his guidance and his direction. Does he have something he wants to say to us? So... I say all this because we're, as we come into the new year, that our number one priority as we enter 2020 has to be his presence. It has to be to get before him. It has to be to call on his name, to ask him to guide us and to lead us and to direct us. We have to shape ourselves to seek his face. But you know, I don't want to face that task alone. And, I, and as we plan out what we'll be doing in the next few months, I want us to do that together. We need to be in his presence together. We need, to be, we need to be after him, hearing him, talking to him. We need to hear about the things that we need to set aside, the issues that have crowded our lives. We need to hear what God has to say about that. We need to come to a place of surrender in his presence where he begins to build from the bottom up, I'm not saying at all that things 
were wrong or bad. And I'm just saying, right now, after all that we've been in and through, we want to begin the year going after him. And I'm convinced more and more that we need to see his power. Are we going to let what happened last year cause us to stop believing or to lower our ambitions and our desires? No, we are not. We could settle and become like just a church that just does meetings, just kind of whatever. Or are we going to press on and press in to see the power of God, to see lives transformed, to see depressions lifted, to see marriages healed, to see diseases leave? I'm going to press in. And I would like us to do that together. And God says if we do that, he will respond. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, 15, we know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will turn and hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their lands. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. He will listen when we call upon him. Amen. So in this week and coming week, I'll be speaking with various people, making plans, seeking direction, and we'll communicate this with you. Our regular groups will begin this week. The women's and men's groups will pick up later in the month. Barbara's Wednesday group and outreach groups also will pick up. But our plans, which I will just bring out in the next week, will be focused on how do we get into God's presence so that we trust him with all our heart, that we don't lean on our own understanding and that we acknowledge him in all our ways and we ask him to make our path straight. Amen? Because the paths have been a little bit like that. That's how I feel anyway, a bit like that. (laughs) We want him to make our path straight and in that I don't want to do that on my own. Uh, We want to do that together to see the glory of God. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Things happen out, haven't happened as we wanted them to happen. And you may be feeling bruised, you may be feeling weary, you may be feeling tired, you may be feeling damaged. What are we going to do? We either ride those emotions to oblivion or we get into the presence of God and say, God, I'm trusting you with all my heart. You may be going round and round in your mind. Why has this happened? What's going on? Why are things turned out this way? I can't work it out. It doesn't make sense to me. Guess what? It's not all about me. It doesn't have to make sense to me. Does it? I'm not the important one in this picture. It may all make sense to him. He's the one that sees the past, the present and the future. He's the one that can fill the gaps in. So we need to get into his presence and start to not lean on our own understanding. And we need to acknowledge him. We need to get before him. We need to come together, I believe, we need to come together. And that's not easy. The way we're structured right now without a building, it's not easy. And I know going out to people's homes in the evening is difficult, and there's lots of obstacles, and you can come up with a thousand reasons right now why you're not going to go out and travel to come together to pray. Or to be in his presence. I know it's so easy, but I just want us to lay this gentle, loving challenge before you. We have to come together to be in his presence, to receive from him.
Why? Because we don't want to settle. We don't want to just settle for church. Blah. We want to go after something more, something greater. Amen? Amen. And there's a co- I know there's, and that's why there's a cost to it. I like <coughs> Bill Johnson's explanation of the miraculous. He said it's not complicated, but it's quite expensive. Because it costs. It costs. But the rewards are Amen. Let's bow our heads. I haven't in any way meant to be, I'm not, that sound depressive, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm not. I'll just share with you a little bit how it's been. But my eyes, my eyes are on Jesus. It's not the end, it's the beginning. And on these hardships, as we have heard, on these hardships, sorry, we will build, as Diane has shared to us, with us, great things will be built. That's what God does all the time. It's his speciality. And as we get in the presence of God, some of the issues that Richard shared with us, they're going to be resolved. And they're going to unblock. And it's going to mean... Prayers will be answered as we want them to be answered, as we believe they should be answered. It means oppressions and depressions to leave. It means marriages to be healed and restored. Where is that going to happen? It's in his presence. How do we do that? By trusting him with all our heart, by leaning not on our own understanding, but by acknowledging him. And God, we ask you in 2020, make our path straight. God, we're not, we're not asking for it to be easy. That's not, that's not what it's about. We want, we want our paths to be straight. What does that mean? It means we're walking wholeheartedly in devotion to you. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on understanding. It's about devotion. It's about wholehearted devotion to you. So God, I just pray that in 2020, you would make our path straight. Save us from a path that, gets, that swung, swings this way because our heart leads us towards towards materialism or towards nonsense that's to do with this world. God, save us from swinging to this way where our mind wants to know everything, needs to have our own selfish desires met. God, I pray, give us a straight path where we just trust in you, where we just believe in you, where we just go after you. And as we come together to seek your face over the next few weeks and months, I pray we will discover you in a fresh way. I pray Living Grace Church will discover you in a fresh, beautiful way that we would find the presence of God becoming our life, not just this rare thing that happens every now and then on a Sunday. The presence of God will become our life, God. I pray the presence and the power of God will become the normal among us, God. Not that little spark every so often in the darkness, but that light would grow and grow and grow. The power of the gospel to come and change and transform lives. God, it's not about us. It's not about our name. It's not about our past. It's not about me, not about anybody. It's about you, Jesus, and your kingdom come. So whatever that looks like in the future, whatever it looks like as we move forward, we say yes to you, God. 
We're not trying to defend our corner. We're not trying to defend our name. We give ourselves to you, molders and shapers. We need answers from you, God, and we're going to go after you. So, Jesus, I bless every person here this morning. I pray that 2020 will be a year of discovery. I pray it will be a year of discovering you afresh. Whatever we've known about you for the past one, two, five, ten, twenty, fifty years, the 2020, may we discover you, may we acknowledge you and discover you afresh, I pray in Jesus' name. <coughs> God, I ask you to come to us. May we worship God like we never worshipped before. May we believe like we've never believed before. Help us to do the little things really well, God. Whether we're in the worship team, in the welcome team, in the preaching team, whether we're in the schools team, help us to do the little things really well for your glory. And then we would see your power come. Hallelujah. So I bless every heart and mind. Come in your glory. And God, we determine we will not settle, Lord. We will not settle, but we will go for more and see your glory. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen and amen and amen. Amen.